0: Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat.
1: Welcome back. Not a lot of baseball happened in the past few days because the Mets decided to get COVID, and uh, all the games got postponed, I think, to... August twenty eighth, I believe we're playing a doubleheader, but uh, we're still talking some baseball. We're talking trade deadline, Yankees injuries, next man up. We got a bunch of DMs and voicemails, so uh, let's get after it.
0: This is Street,
1: Alright, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Boys of 161st Street. I'm Damon, welcome, and we got Murph with me as well. What's going on, Murph?
0: Not much, man. <clears throat> Missing baseball, that's for sure.
1: Missing baseball, for sure. Not a lot of baseball happened in the past few days, but uh, we still got a lot to talk about this past... Actually, this morning, just got noticed that we all knew it was happening, but James Paxton, Anglia Torres... Both went on the 10-day IL. Glaber, he has a hamstring injury, and Paxton, he has a left flector strange, whatever the hell that means. Um, doesn't forearm. sound good, <laughs> forearm. Yeah, whatever the hell that means. Forearm doesn't look good. Um, maybe it was it was kind of due to the fact that he was throwing only 90 miles an hour in the beginning of the season. Who knows? I think there was some long-term injuries that was maybe leading up to that, but um, not a good sign for the Yankees overall. I think that We've had a lot of injuries again and again this season seems to becoming a common theme in the Yankees organization. We're going to talk a lot about it, but Murph, what are your what are your thoughts so far on this, uh, especially with Paxton going down? What this, what that means for the pitching?
0: Well, I think it's. I hate to say it this way, but it's not the worst timing because we still have the deadline to maybe maybe we move somebody and get a pitcher, maybe not. Never ever want to see any injuries, especially in the rotation. Especially in a rotation that already has Herman and Severino out for as long as like for the season, so it hurts, and he's going to be out, you know, for three, four weeks. So you know, it's at it's least because we we have no idea at what least.
1: I, what that even means, you know. They I, said
0: at least September twelfth, which is a long
1: time. At least September twelfth, and then you you know with the we see it all the time with you know Boone making these absurd statements of how long people are going to be out, and I mean you hate to say it, but like, when is it really time to bring up these young guys who are dying to pitch who we've seen perform to a level that I think I'd feel, you know, I'd feel more comfortable bringing up a guy like Clark Schmidt who has proven to show some sort of life than a James Paxton who I feel like we're just holding on to just to hold on to at this point.
0: We've got the arms to do it, and I think the Clark Schmidt thing's interesting because definitely, especially in the short in the season, the plan was not to bring Clark Schmidt up this year but in the full season it might have been. We, we were talking about him as a fifth starter in the beginning of the year and you see all these guys in his kind of um, MLB expected class like the Casey Mises, the Six O Sanchez, those types of people have all come up in the last week. So I wouldn't be that shocked or that upset if we did bring up Clark Schmidt. It might throw off his um, you know MLB service time and his contract and whatnot, but at this point, we're trying to win a championship, and we need arms. And we have them. They're all just in an alternate site.
1: We have them, and hopefully they can come out and be what we hope they are. But, again, that's another kind of toss-up. But, again, not a ton of baseball that happened this past couple of days, so we just kind of left it up to, to everybody else, what they wanted to talk about, what they wanted want us to talk about. Um, got a lot of voicemails, a lot of DMs. So one of the DMs we got was about the next man up mentality and really about Clark Schmidt as well. So we'll put that for you, and then we'll, we'll, get, we'll take talking about it.
2: Get down to the beach all excited to enjoy my nice weekend,
1: watch my Yankees play. But it looks like I get to watch all the backups instead. Hopefully I get to see this Clark Schmidt boy who everyone's talking about. I'm ready to see that wicked uh, drop-off-the-table curveball. But this just gets ridiculous, man. I'm tired of seeing all my favorite players just drop
2: like flies. we got to figure something out. Have a good one, boy. Go Yankees.
1: And the thing is, I think that one of the reasons why um, – you know, Obviously, it's depressing to see people go down, but as, as a fan base that we always expect to see everyone we love go out there and play, it, it kind of sucks to even... See, like. I honestly wasn't even thinking about this at all until I just heard that voicemail, but it kind of sucks as a fan base. We always talk about wanting to just see the people we want to see play, right? I've been dying to see Aaron Judge 2017 again. Haven't seen him mm-hmm. again. I've been dying to see... Gary Sanchez go off again in a month. I've been dying to see all these guys continue to perform how we always hope to have them perform and Stan, Stan right? Another guy. Like, I feel like, I feel like, <laughs> it sucks to say, but I feel like we're always trying to hold on to these memories of these guys playing so well. And it really just hit me right now. Listening to that, like it, it really sucks as a fan base, just because we, we want to be able to cheer for these guys, but we can't, we physically can't because it's always been next minute up. We're seeing all these young guys come out and play, but that's, I mean that first time listening to that was kind of just like a a step back for me.
0: And it also always seems like they're all hot when they get hurt. Like Stanton was hot in the beginning of the season. All of a sudden gets hurt. Judge was leading the league in home runs at a point, like looking like MVP talk, all of a sudden goes down and gets hurt. DJ's hitting close to 400. All of a sudden gets hurt. Klaber was struggling a little bit, but he was actually starting to figure it out for a few games. And then he gets hurt. Paxton sucked in the beginning of the year, started figuring out he goes down, gets hurt. Like, Britain was closing games, had a, like, I don't know what his ERA was, but it was low. Mm-hmm. He was pitching really well. All of a sudden, he gets hurt. Like, Avilan, even like, we don't talk about him going to the DL because, but he was chewing up. He wasn't doing great, but at least he was doing something. He was chewing up innings. Like, you know, everybody that's been going down, it's not. And then, the, like you said, it's the most exciting players to watch. If you think of the most exciting four bats to watch in the Yankee lineup, it's Judge, lemehu Glaber, and Stanton. And mm-hmm. all four are out. And it's, you're watching a Yankee game where Gio's hitting third. I'm like, love Gio, but I'd like to see him hit seven or eight and still hit 300 because that's the Yankees we're used to watching.
1: Yeah, I think we were talking about it before in a different episode, but like, when does when does it stop being next men up and start being just the team that we're, that we're watching? And yeah. you know, it's like, it, and it's it sucks to say because the past two years, it's like this next men up team has just been the team we watch and root for. Like, it was
0: great last year.
1: It was great. I mean, I, yeah, I think it was great last year because it was, I don't want to say underdog story because we're still a New York Yankees and we still beat everybody and we're still awesome. But in a, in a way, it was a little bit of an underdog story because we every one of our stars was injured. We had all these young guys coming up and, and playing, guys no one had ever heard of. And now these same guys are top five, top three players of their own position. You look at Geo and Voight right now yeah. who are crushing it. Like yeah. those, both those guys are top five of their position. Um Yeah. but Yeah. Yeah. But no, I agree. Um,
0: Last year it was like, we were kind of this superpower that we expect to be. And then everybody goes down, but we're still playing well. So it's great. And then now in a 60 game season, we can't afford that. And it's like remember how 2017 the thumbs down thing happened that was like the yeah. thing yeah then last year it was next man up so now this year we don't want to go back and do next man up again just like we didn't do the thumbs down in 2018 like
1: you yeah. don't want that to happen you always it's, have that one thing that defines the season and yeah last year the defining moment was like you said before next man up it was the thumb downs the year before that right it was there in the playoffs that's year before that, like yeah, yeah. You can't have a defining season with the same exact thing because it's now, now it's not fun anymore. Now it's just depressing, yeah. right? Um, yeah, no. All right, we got one, one more voicemail about uh, about injuries. Let's see what, see what this one's all about. Hey,
0: what's up, 1-6-1 boys? I, I'm sure this is a big question that everyone wants to know right now. But how do you think all these, how this is going to turn out with all these injuries that? The Yankees have. Do you think that they're still going to play good? And I know that they're, they're having Judge such... will be back, but you have all those other guys like Machu and Stanton who are going to be out. How do you think this is going to turn out? Do you think it will be good or bad? Let me. Thank you. Good
2: I mean, that's kind of a loaded
0: question. The easy answer is bad, as your best guys aren't playing. But at the same time. The next man up thing still exists. We still have really serviceable guys that can plug in. But when you look at the expected like comeback time for a lot of these guys, it's not until after the, the September first deadline. Judge is supposed to be back before then. DJ is supposed to be back on the thirtieth. Avalon's supposed to be back on the thirty first, and everybody else is after. So you know, Stanton is earliest September first. Britain's earliest September first. Higgy same way, mm-hmm. and then Glaber soon after. So you know that like I mentioned before, it makes the deadline interesting because these guys are coming back the day after the deadline at the earliest. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. It could be good. It could be bad. I I really
1: don't know. I think that this, uh, it's so tough because I will, we'll get into the trade deadline a little bit, but um, it's just so much different right now because of the shortened season. And what's the trade value of somebody really worth? Is it worth to get rid of a franchise, not a franchise player, but, is it worth getting rid of someone who could potentially be a franchise player? I'm just going to name out a name, Clinton Frazier, because he's raking and he's been showing huge potential. Like, Is it worth getting rid of somebody like that? Who ha- I'm not saying he's going to be, but has the potential to be a franchise player. You look at Miggy. Miggy's had a horrible start to this season, but we cannot forget what he did the season before that. We know he's capable of doing so, but is it really worth risking to give someone away like that in return for you know a player who is going to maybe not even be an impact player in the postseason, but maybe get us to that point.
0: I don't want to make this about the deadline the same way, and again, we can get into this later, but I think when that does come around, I think Fra- Frazier's worth, regardless of how well he's playing, is that it's depth in a, in a fragile outfield. Hicks hasn't really been hurt this year, but we know he gets hurt a lot. Judge has been out of the lineup more than he's been in it, it seems like, in the last year and a half or two years. Stanton... Mostly DHs, but still, he's on the injury list. Talkman got hurt last year. You never know; he could be on borrowed time right now. So, somebody like Frazier, who we need outfield depth because clearly we don't have outfield durability. So, I don't, I don't think he's somebody that we would give up at the deadline. But regardless, yeah, yeah.
1: and I hope not. I'm, I'm I, I really hope. not. I hope not. not too. I agree. So that's a big that's Yankees like, fans love him. Yankees fans love him, and I keep saying again and again and again. The minute we give him away. I mean, I know for a fact on like any other team, he's a starting left fielder, right fielder, and he's going to tear it up because I know he has that potential. Um, and he's done – oh, I'm sorry. But no, no, go ahead. Yeah,
0: Clint Frazier, like the one thing – I know we can hit, but he hasn't looked terrible in the field either. That's he's the biggest thing He's a lot better. He is, he's definitely not a gold glover, but he's been doing his job in the outfield. He hasn't made a ton of errors. He's made actually some pretty nice plays. Like that was more for me what I wanted to see out of him was – competent fielding i guess would be the nicest way to put it and he's been doing just that
1: yeah he he's been looking a lot better and um yeah not gonna be a not gonna be a gold glover but he's been showing signs of improvement which is all you can really ask for um kind of going i know going back to these injuries um before the injuries even happened we had a lot of questions with the level of play that some of these guys were were up to and uh Kind of going through some of these DMs, we got um, Josh Vela. Vela, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think it's Vela. Um, his question was, um, what are your thoughts on Paxton? Is he done or is he going to make a comeback? Um, and I think that's just referring to his style of play in general, not not since his injury, but just coming back and playing to a caliber that we thought and hoped he was going to play to when we signed him. Um, I guess, Mary, if you want, want to take that one to start it off.
2: Yeah,
0: well, so when Paxton started struggling in the beginning of the year, I thought it was because maybe he was having difficulty with his back surgery and maybe it either limited his mobility, whatnot, but now I'm not so sure. Maybe this forearm thing has been bothering him for a little while and he was maybe maybe that was the problem. So it's gonna be interesting now when he comes back from injury, um, as to whether he it was the forearm or whether it was the back or maybe both. So hopefully when he comes back he's gonna be the Paxson that we're used to seeing and not the one we saw this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that – personally, I think his time might be up. Um, I think that from the beginning of the season, he didn't look great at all. I think, what, he had one promising start that looked decent, right? I think,
0: yeah, well, he was pitching well when he got hurt, and then he had that other game where he – I think it was against the Rays we ended up getting walked off on, but I don't think he got the loss. He let up three runs in, like, the seventh, but he should have never gone to the seventh. But yeah, uh, you know,
1: I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I I have have a strong opinion of, but again, it's an opinion. And I think that there's no way to tell if this opinion is right or wrong until you actually prove the concept. But um, I feel like we're always holding on to these older guys, for instance, Paxton, who might be shutting down a a, a rising talent, right? I'm going to say the same thing about Brock Gardner shutting down a rising talent in the outfield, right? Um, I'm not going to say it's a common trend just because it happened to two different players, but I think it's something to think about. Um, and again, it, it's it's one of those things where it's impossible to tell until you actually prove it. And I think we did prove it a little bit with Gardner where we, we tried it. We tried to play a little bit more. We were like, okay, it's kind of time for these younger guys to step up. Talkman's killing it. Frazier's killing it. Why not just bring up a Clark Schmidt? Why not just bring up another young pitcher? Throw him out there, not even in the, not even, don't give him a start. Give him a couple bullpen arms. Give him a couple bullpen days. Like you got to give people chances to see if they're going to be good or not. And who knows? They can get hot and then they're a playoff pitcher. You never know. Like baseball is a game of streaks.
0: See, I agree with you 100%. I think starting pitching, however, is a little bit different of a conversation because, A, just in the back of your head, keep in mind that clark Schmidt's service time matters we want to have control over him for another year and if he comes up he's we're not going to have that so that's not a reason to keep him down like we should still be able to keep him up but if we're going to bring him up to throw a couple of bullpen innings and then send him back down when everybody's healthy then it's not worth bringing him up and when you have a pitcher you can have a rookie come up and go hit in the playoffs but when you throw a pitcher Mm -hmm. in a start in the playoffs and he's a rookie I would rather throw Paxton out there than Clark Schmidt, even if Paxton's not at 100% because he's been there. He's not that old. He's 31. He's You know, he's not crazy, crazy old. Um, so I think you're right in the sense of the Brett Gardner example is completely accurate. But pitching, I think, is a little different once you get into the playoffs where you want veterans on the mound.
1: For sure. Um, I agree with that. And just another thought that I have right now is, like, if there was a time to do it, this is the perfect season to do it. No, you're right. When when there's there been out. less pressure in a game than right like I, I'm, yeah, not, I'm not in the stand. There's yeah, no one sure heckling is. in the stand, you're not gonna get booed off the field. If sure. you if you want a, pitcher, a a rookie pitcher to go out there and have his most you know um you know have his mind in the right place and be able to pitch I'm not gonna say under no pressure, but under slightly less pressure than you would in the mm-hmm. you know crowd of forty thousand people in the middle of the Bronx in the playoffs. I'll tell you, I, I've never pitched a four in the Bronx, but I can guarantee you that's going to be a little bit less stress. And I agree with you. even, you know, I'm just saying like, you got to give the guys opportunities. That's my big, that's my big point. Um, I definitely hear what you're saying about not wasting them, but I feel like now is a season of testing and, um, trying to prove concepts of, of players who we know have talent, but maybe not have shown it completely yet.
0: I agree with that. And, um, I was pretty against us bringing up Clark Schmidt. Uh, we, brought, we brought it up even before Paxton got hurt. When Paxton got hurt, I changed my mind a little bit, and now I'm kind of on the fence, whereas before I was pretty against it, saying let's save him. But, you know, it's it's a different season, and the injuries matter. So say Paxton's out for two weeks, that's basically two months mm-hmm. on the, the season scale. So the one thing I would hate to see is for, like I mentioned before, Clark Schmidt to come up, maybe have one start, maybe throw – Eight nine innings out of the bullpen, and then go back down again, or start or start losing innings once
1: we get healthy again. Yeah.
0: So if we're bringing him up, I think he's got to stay up, and he's got to get innings.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, another guy who I I've been we've been talking about a little bit. He kind of fell into the radar in the beginning of the season for underperforming, then picked it up a little bit. But um, one question from Matthew, no last name, the DM was, is Glaber is Glaber having the season you were expecting? Um, Certainly not. Yeah. So it's a loaded question, but yeah, watch, kick it off.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's so frustrating when he got hurt because I really think he was starting to figure it out. He was raking the week before he got hurt, started off struggling, but that happens in baseball. And I think everything's just blown up so much on the 60 game scale where, you know, you have two, three off weeks. That's a normal slump in the major leagues. But mm-hmm. in this season, especially in the beginning of this season, it really starts to set a toll. And uh, Rela and I talked about this you know, on one of the last episodes where I think for a young guy like labor, when you go up there, they still put your average on that scoreboard. So you go up and you look and you see, Oh, I'm hitting 157. I think that might get in your head a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he finally started to break out of it. And then it's super unfortunate that uh, he went down with the hammer. It was horrible, horrible timing. Cause I really think he was starting to figure it out.
1: Yeah. And I think labor is one of those guys where he, um, he's one of those guys where he's always had, um, He's always more consistent, you know, he's, he's never been, um, you know, he has hot streaks, but he never really has cold, cold streaks that I can at least remember. Right. He's always been, Cheers. yeah, he's always been great a very, very solid, you know, bat in the lineup Fielding different story, still been decent enough where he can go out there every day. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, f- I just feel like he's one of those guys that once he starts to figure it out, he's going to be figuring it out, and that slump is not going to come around again, especially in a season like this. So, it really sucks to see him go down because, like you said before, he was just starting to get hot, and a guy like Labor with his um, playing, you know, his style of play, he would have kept it up for a long time. And kind of on the other end of the spectrum, look at a guy like Gary Sanchez. He is Doc streak, right? he yeah. can hit 25 home runs in 10 days and then strike out a thousand times in, in two days. Right. Um, it, it, he's, just, he's just so streaky and it's a different type of person. If you were to ask me, um, is Gary Sanchez having the season that I'd hoped he'd have, obviously not even close. Um, but my worry, my worrying level would be a different place with those players. If that makes sense.
0: For sure. You know what I just thought of actually? Um, so Gary's, hot months are usually like the June's or the July's two or three months into the season.
2: Mm-hmm. What if he
0: comes out and has an October as if it's June in the regular season, like, you know, put 60 games under his belt and then, and then he goes off. That'd be awesome.
1: You know, I mean, yeah, that, <laughs> that'd, be great. that'd be fucking I'd awesome. Love to see him hit
0: 20 home runs in the month of October.
1: <laughs> that'd be awesome. And the, the, the reality is that can very much happen. And it's possible, right? that's one of the big reasons why I feel like he can't come out of the lineup. One, because there's no viable option behind him. But yeah, two, I do see
0: Eric Kratz in there.
1: But two, he can come out and just hit. He can just start hitting bombs. And then what do you do? You can't take him out then because then he's hot. So. Might be a bad analogy, but he's just kind of like a cannon that won't fire
0: almost. Like, I don't know, like an old cannon or something where you try to light it a bunch of times and it never lights, never lights, never lights. Mm. But when it does, it just does damage.
1: It's like a machine gun that's clogged up and then. You're trying to jam yeah. it, and then yeah. all,
0: the all right. of analogy. The
2: idea was there. The least, idea yeah. was there, no, but like yes, he, once
0: he's hot, he is. Yeah, if a hot Gary Sanchez is a top five hitter in baseball,
1: without a doubt, without probably about. one of the best
0: hitting catchers of all time. If you just take his hot streak, if he was like able a to hot just, yeah, Gary Sanchez is an un, he's unstoppable, especially yes. when he's. And the catchers, like, you have a catcher that can hit. It matters so much.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> I hate to, I mean, I don't hate to do this, but bring up MLB The Show, kind of playing play that game for a while. There's no good catchers in that game, and that just goes <laughs> to show. Not the, they can't hit. There's Buster Posey, Posey there's Joe Torrey, Johnny Bench. <laughs> like, what are the great hitters no, in MLB some... history? There's not a lot. Um, the Gary well, Carter card sucks. Gary Carter with cards sucks, too. Yeah, I mean he was a great, great hitting catcher. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, um,
0: catcher. If you can have a catcher, man, that can hit, like, if you, I don't know, yeah, it's crazy.
1: Um, yeah, another, another DM from uh, Nelly Ramirez. We made it. We made it far with next man up. Do you think we can keep that going with all the injuries happening again? Um, kind of talked about talk about talk about that a little bit. Um, just did a little stutter right there um we did talk about that a little bit about the whole next man up mentality but i think it's a little bit of a different question because it's do you think we can with this lineup right now win a world series is the real question is where i'm interpreting that the
0: one sentence answer to that is that i don't want to but i think we can and at this point it doesn't matter if i don't want to we're gonna have to mm-hmm. and you know we're deep and it's gonna matter that's why you know that's why we haven't shipped out all of these MLB ready prospects that we have in this system because yeah it's a blanket that we have.
1: I um I'm gonna have a little bit of a negative answer to this. I don't think we can with this lineup. Um, but more specifically, the the pitching. I don't think we can. I don't yeah. think we can world, win a World Series with this pitching. Not no. Not I, any, I could agree. Not with even that. close. The hitting we can get away with because even with all the injuries and even with all of this next-man-up um, people in our lineup, we still have a pretty awesome hitting lineup and better than most teams, you know, besides obviously you take out Dodgers and a couple other teams that are in the head of the division. But we have a pretty good hitting team even in our second, third roster spots in the position, right?
0: I'd say so- our lineup on... We're playing tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. So our lineup tomorrow or today for anybody listening is probably still a top seven, eight lineup in the league,
1: without a doubt. And if we're all hot, if Judge
0: is back, especially,
1: yeah. And if we can, I think if we can maintain, you know, I think that this season is obviously different because of the the um, shortened season and playoffs are different. But if we can get healthy and we can get pitchers to figure it out, then We'll be fine. Then the next man up thing plays its role and it did the job in the middle of the season. But this season, I do not think we can win a world series with a next man up lineup. If that makes sense. And that's
0: why we didn't win it last year. That and the banging of the trash cans, but still. Oh yeah. That thing, that little thing, but still we weren't. Thankfully that last year we got a lot of people back before the playoffs, but we weren't winning a world series with our, late August early September lineup last year either.
1: You need the thing about championship teams and this is me going off a basis of no research whatsoever, just a gut feeling of what I've looked at and seen from other teams winning. You need to have a, a you need to have a couple core players who are for lack of better words, the stars of the lineup and the clutch the clutch team that can come, the clutch players that can come up in those big moments. Mm -hmm. And I talk about this all the time, but that's one of the real reasons I feel like the athletics are never really going to make it far into the playoffs because they're the team that is all based on analytics and, you know, getting on base, doing your job, small ball and all that kind of good stuff regular season baseball. They're a regular season baseball team. And they have definitely proven me a little bit wrong in the shortened season so far because they're built for 162. That's that's Mm -hmm. That's their game plan. But they make the playoffs pretty often. They make wild card games, but they don't make it past that certain threshold. And it's because of these star players. It's because they have the players that can do their job, but not the players that can follow through and make the real impact. If, I know it's a lot. A of, it's a lot of all over the place, but that's kind of where my head's at.
0: No, you're right. They they're a feeder team. They you know you look back at Moneyball, they lost Damon, Isringhausen, and Giambi. Like they're a feeder of those other teams. <clears throat> this year, though, I do think it's different because Matt Chapman's like they, they're they're core guys: Loria, Olsen, Olson, Chapman, pretty solidified. But not not to talk about the Rays. I'm going to actually go off what you said about the playoff teams with those kind of players. I think that matters also with pitching. I think it's a combination of those kind of guys and then also veteran pitching and good veteran pitching, which we have, but they're hurt. Mm-hmm. So we have, look, Paxton's on the DL, Britton's on the DL, or the aisle, excuse me, and is on the aisle, all super experienced. And then if you want to add Severino to that, he's young, but he has playoff experience, so you can add Severino. So that's four very experienced pitchers that we're going to need in the playoffs that as of right now at least are hurt. And you never know how somebody's going to come back from an injury, so – it's not like we can be like, oh, they'll be fine with the playoffs. Like, you never know. And there's also another month until the playoffs when they get back, if they get back on time, hopefully. So,
1: Especially uh, with yeah, pitching. Yeah, you're right. Especially with pitching. Injuries tell to come back in any position, but pitching for sure is, is, I personally feel like, a lot harder just because, one, you're using a lot, you know, if you have a hamstring injury and you're a hitter, you can sometimes get away with it if it's mild. You can be a DH, i.e., Lucas Stanton, incredible hitter, can't run for shit. Russell Break, and <laughs> he just goes out there, he hits a little bit, and then we're all okay. A pitcher, you can't have a mild hamstring injury and then go out there and pitch like you're supposed to pitch. You it can, do, yeah, doesn't it can't happen. be a warrior about it. Like, you, can't you can't be a, play a through injury
0: it. as a pitcher because you look at Paxton. Like for all we know, pa- Paxton was battling through something. Whether it was his back or his foreign, he's battling through something, and clearly you're not effective.
1: If you're trying to be a hero as a pitcher, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, it's very different. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFL Sunday Ticket TV, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players, no matter where you live. NFLSundayticket.tv Sunday Ticket TV is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use a promo code Blue Wire at checkout to get fifteen percent off your subscription. Visit NFL Sunday Ticket TV and use promo code Blue Wire. Next question, which I I really liked, um, and it's one of these things where I uh, I kind of went off during the game, just yelling at the TV to myself, but. The whole situation with Boone and his decision making, we you guys probably talked about it in the last episode, but I really thought he fucked up that last game that we played. Um, I don't know if it was the last game or whatever, I don't even know what date it is anymore. But the game are where are talking about when he pinch hit the game where he made a lot of just terrible pinch hitting mistakes. Yeah. That game really frustrated me. This whole season he's been making some, in my opinion, not great bullpen decisions. Um, throwing Nick Nelson and Louie Avalon
0: every other inning. I feel like they're always pitching.
1: He he didn't throw our best pitcher on Friday when the last time he pitched was Sunday. That doesn't Chad make Green. any sense. Chad Green. That doesn't make any sense. You you, I don't know. It just pisses me off so much I, I am without speech. But this question comes from Blaine Hughes. If we can't get to the World Series this year again, should Boone be fired? Dun, dun dun
0: That's interesting. I don't know exactly what Boone's contract's looking like, but I think if this year goes the way it's headed right now, obviously things change. We could win a World Series, and I would change my mind immediately about Boone. But if we, you know, say losing the ALDS or ALCS, and he's up for uh, re-signing, I I don't think we would or should re-sign him. But fire him, I'm not so sure. I think that's a little...
1: It's tough. Know. It's tough because you can't neglect the fact that he has done an amazing job with plugging players in. That is something mm-hmm. that I, I've i stood by him and saying he's been doing an amazing job finding guys to to put in places, giving guys rest, plugging players in, to, depending on their, their needs for the day and the positions and flip-flopping people around. Um, Lefty righty matchups, all these great things, which I think he's done a great job of. But when it comes to these bigger decisions about pinch hitting, bullpen, um, when to play people, when to put them in, when to take them out, he is—he hasn't been great. He really has been great, and it's—it's it's not even to a point where it's like, oh, you know, it could have gone both ways. These decisions—decisions yeah. decisions really don't make any sense. You, I'm just gonna make, I'm just gonna put an example out there because it's fresh in my mind. But pinch hitting Talkman for um, Frazier. Frazier that day, I still can't wrap my head around. You're taking yeah. out a guy who is arguably the hottest bat in the lineup right now with your your lineup that is injured. You're taking out your hottest bat for a guy who, don't get me wrong, is also seen the ball well. But it's like you're trading a. a you're you're taking out a great player for a good player right now. And there's the, the risk reward and the return of that transaction just doesn't make sense to me.
0: I agree. I saw, I see the need to bring in Talkman as a defensive replacement for Clint Frazier late in the game. Sure. But it wasn't a defensive But after he's fucking he hits. Hit so you could, you know, maybe you pinch hit Talkman. For, I don't know exactly who was up before or after who was playing where and whatnot, but, I'm sure there was another way to work Talkman into an at bat at some point in that game, rather than subbing him for Frazier and then maybe make a switch somewhere. I don't know,
1: but maybe make I agree with you make a switch and there. then and then the the following round in the lineup, you pinch hit, and Duhar for the and for Talkman. Yeah,
0: well, the that's same the part spot. that was really really baffling to me. But the same fucking Talkman, spot. You know, doesn't hit lefties that well, but neither does Andovar. But the
1: Induhar's is batting a
0: hundred. And he doesn't hit lefties and then better he got anyway. He and hits then, he's better anyway.
1: And then he got sent down the next day, and Talkman's batting third. Yeah. What the well, fuck is that about? I don't. I don't mind Talkman batting third. I really do think Talkman's playing well. I don't think the conversation
0: is about pinch hitting Talkman because if you just say Talkman came in to pinch hit in the seventh, that makes sense. But when you take a, who he pinch hit for, that's when it's doesn't make a lot of sense. I just at
1: all. yeah, for sure. I just think that the it's just funny to see that you pinch hit for a guy. The next day, the guy you pinch hit for is batting third. And then the guy who was, uh, sorry, that came into the game it got sent down. It's just a funny, no, it's just it kind funny. of a funny transaction.
0: Let me ask you something. Yeah. So do you think this is Boone making like a gut decision? Or do you think this is blind faith in analytics?
1: Uh, oof, good question. Like, I don't
0: know the analytics on putting Andahar in instead of talking. There's probably
1: stuff I don't even know about. I I don't think it's analytical, and here's why. Um, we were doing research during the game about Clint Frazier's hitting stats between lefties and righties, and there was a righty pitching during that moment. Frazier was up; he pinched a lefty, <coughs> so now was a lefty-righty matchup. Lefty being the the hitter, righty being um, the pitcher. Statistically, Clint Frazier is Wildly better at hitting righties than he is hitting lefties. Mm-hmm. That is a. And it's not even. It's not even close. It's not like 250 versus 200. It's 275 versus versus 170 something. Right. It's a. It's a mm-hmm. over a hundred point difference. That if you're a manager, you can't. You have to know those numbers, right? Especially if you're so set on the lefty right righty matchup all the time. Right. Um, And I don't know the numbers between Talkman and Enduhar, but Enduhar clearly has not been showing that he is reliable at bat this year. And regardless of oh. his lefty or righty, it doesn't make any sense. You're, you're pinch hitting for a guy that might maybe is a better hitter versus lefties, but can't figure anything out versus Talkman, who has been hot. It just doesn't make any sense. Why would you put Without, Why would you put a guy in that situation who you know has not been hitting well?
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. And when you, I'm sure there's more, way more analytics that Boone and the nerds look into. But <laughs> right, <laughs> when I, I know just by watching every Yankees game that Andujar and Talkman both hit right-handed pitching way better, even though is a righty. Like Andujar rakes right-handed pitching, hits it way better than lefties, and obviously Talkman does. He's lefty. And he also just does anyway. So, I don't see where the edge was at all in, in putting Andujar. Like, I, we all don't. I don't, I don't know. But yeah. maybe it was a test for Andujar saying, like, if you don't get a hit here, you're getting sent down. Like, I don't know. But yeah, it's crazy to me. We need Andujar right now, like, so bad. We if do. If Andujar was who we even half of what we expected out of him this year, he would be – I mean, obviously you can't field anywhere, but even if we could plug him in at DH right now, like Stanton's out of lineup anyway.
1: Yeah. And if he was hitting the way he was hitting his rookie year, this lineup would be a world's difference. And that's the upsetting part because we really need and, We really need him, especially with Glaber going down.
0: Yeah. Cause you're telling me Urshela can't play second or short and put and third, like
1: Talk worst case scenario. Time. Like,
0: yeah, you lose a little defense, but if he was if he was a plus bat, that would make sense. But he's not, so it doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, and that's unfortunate. And that's just another thing to another thing about streaks. You never know what's going to happen. And are you going to base and Duhar's rest of his career and trade him away because he didn't do well in a couple games? It's a big question. Um, you don't trade him away right now. He has no trade value right now. Absolutely zero trade value, which might be a good thing for us. Might be a good thing for us. Yeah, no, I couldn't because that's
0: the thing. I'm not like. For this year, I'm upset to see Andahar in the lineup, but I still, I'm not like totally giving up on Andahar. I I think he's look look at Glaber did the same thing. Like they were they're the most comparable players in the Yankees, and Glaber struggled at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Andahar struggled way more, but he missed all of last season, so yeah, you can expect that he hasn't played so, in a year. For and all a half. we know it's a hiccup. Yeah. It's just I more it exaggerated is. because the 6 a. m season and he was out
1: last year. So, I, th- I think I think it'll be fine. I really do think he'll be fine. I think he just long term, yeah. Yeah, he had a lot he was put in a lot of situations where they were just kind of throwing him out there and just and they were just like, do it. Be good. And, and he, he's a
0: twenty three year old guy They are telling him to play five different positions.
1: It's hard. Yeah, they are trying to bounce him around. They obviously like him because they want to get him into the lineup. It's just it's just tough. Um we got another DM from from Estevan. It was Relatively the same question about Boone, so um, don't, I'm not going to read that out and discuss that, but I just want to give you a shout-out. Um, kind of get into a... We'll do one question about the trade deadline, then we can uh, go into some series preview with the Braves coming up. Um, so, so last DM before we get into that. Um, this comes from Seamus O'Neill. With the uncertainty around the Indians, is it the Yankees' best interest to give the Kings ransom and go after Lindor or Clevenger? Which could mean selling and Duhar, Frazier, Garcia, and another one to two prospects.
0: I do not think we should go after Lindor at all. Although Mike Clevenger is pretty interesting. I, I don't know who we could give up for that, but yeah. the Indians are full. They're stocked full of pitching. Like they, they can afford to get rid of Clevenger,
1: they're stocked full of pitching. Um, Clevenger just got—he did—he fucked up somehow, right? He broke the—he like went out clubbing or something and broke some COVID rules or something like that. Clevenger, yeah, and please act too, yeah, whatever. Um, but I—I I don't know. I think we talk about it all the time. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but the—the the trade deadline's really interesting, and I don't know if there's someone out there that I'd really be willing to give up big names like that for. Lindor would be. Obviously, he's Francisco Lindor. He's a superstar player. Do we need him? We kind of have our own superstar in the making, Gleyber Torres.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's why I, that, I'm with you. That's why I said no to Lindor. There's no reason. The one that came up on Instagram or whatever, it was Andujar and Gleyber for Lindor. not a chance.
1: Yeah, because I think we always go into this mentality of we have this great player, but there's a potentially better player available. Let's just sell everybody we have. I don't want to do that. That just seems – I don't know. It's, it ask, seems nice on paper, but <laughs>
0: – Let me ask you something. Who do yeah. you think two years from now is going to be the better shortstop in Major League Baseball, Endor or Glaber? It's a tough question. It's a loaded question.
1: It's a tough question, but, how? I mean, how old is Endor? Isn't he, like, 26, 27? I, mean, I think he's, like,
0: 27, 28. I could, I could check that out.
1: Glaber Torres is
0: 23 years old. I, th- I think Glaber – I think if I had to pick between having the two right now, I think I'd rather have Glaber because, you you know, how much is Lindor? He's like, what, $25 million a year? I'm not going to pay. like but, we're, we're not paying Glaber that much. So but Murph, also, pay for your
1: buck. we're not even talking about next two, three years. We're talking about a franchise player here.
0: Oh, no, I agree. Glaber. But Like, I'm saying if we took Lindor, it'd be short-sighted. But even if we did look at it and it was short-sighted, I still think Glaver's going to be better soon.
1: Are, are, we, are, we really, are we really willing to risk, and I know this is kind of – super long-term if ands, or buts, but are we are we willing to risk... Lindor's 26. 26, is so he's three years older than Glaber. And yes, I would probably say Lindor is better in skill value than, you know, in, in Glaber right now, but who knows what is going to be like in three years when he's the same age as uh, Lindor is now. Um, but here's a question, though. Would we really be willing to risk giving up a Frazier and a Duhar, another couple big prospects for Francisco Londor for a short-term time to potentially win a World Series that may or may not go down in the books as a realistic World Series? That's a question for you.
0: Like, yeah. I. So, you know, here's funny thing, and this might be a super hot take, but I think we would be in better. So say, for example, we're giving up, let's take Glaber out of this just for just for this, you know, theoretical version. If we had to give up Clint and Duhar, and let's, let's not say Clark let's say Debbie, let's say those three for Lindor or Mike Clevenger, I think we would be in better World Series contention this year and in years coming, if we did that trade for, Clevenger than Lindor and I think Clevenger's price is actually even probably cheaper than that So I don't know if we do any sort of deal at the deadline. I think we could go after Mike Clevenger pretty aggressively
1: Yeah, um Yeah, I definitely agree like Clevenger's trade value is a little lower and if we're talking about like I said before pitching is the thing we need right now, right? It's there's it's no secret. I think the lineup we can figure it out pitching is a high 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 need right now and um if we can find a deal that works that we get clevenger i'm i'm all for it i i, I gotta say
0: would you do that trade though say it's clint frazier miguel andahar and let's say Devi for mike clevenger would you do it absolutely not i think i might
1: absolutely not all right what if it was
0: andahar and debbie
1: Mm. Uh, I think I would 100% take that, though. Not a question. I would do that, no doubt, because of the positions we have. The players in the positions we have above that, right? Yeah. I think that Gio Rochelle is proving that this year he's not a fluke. He's here to stay. He is proving that he is a really good baseball player and... He was traded for the same price as a Nissan Sinatra. And now he's a top five third baseman in the league without a doubt. And pitching is one of those things that, especially in prospects is really too early to tell and pitching is up and down and there's just so many different variables and I'm more willing to give up a, a pitching prospect like Devi Garcia for a win now situation but it just it's just so much different when you have position players in my in my personal opinion
0: yeah i think position players this is probably not the best way to put it but they're a dime a dozen for the Yankees. we have a million of them we can afford to shell out a position player or two if it's for a pitcher yeah i don't think we should if we do make any deals at the deadline it shouldn't be for a position player
1: we don't need a position we deal a position player for
0: a pitcher within reason I'm not going to be upset about it.
1: Yeah. Um. Then another DM that that came in, same topic as I was pitching, was from, um. Leenie Drews. I'm sorry, I pronounced that wrong. But shout out. Um. She she said that other than Robbie Ray, who was a left hand pitcher, the Yankees should could trade for to acquire in, uh, sorry, acquire for or, type of there acquire in free agency, um. It's not a good question. I think that I personally don't look at pitching in terms of lefties and righties in our, in our need for starting pitching. Murph could feel differently, but I think a starting pitcher is a starting pitcher. It's always nice to have diversity in lefty righties, but if we have five amazing right-hand pitchers, I'm not going to be upset. I think it's a little bit different. I think the diversity is more important when it comes to the bullpen. Um, yeah, I think that again, free agencies a whole different ballpark. Trade deadline we talked about a little bit. I think we we have our our scopes inside of what we really need. And to be honest, do we really need it. I don't really know. It could be a nice to have. There's just so many uncertainty. And when is the trade deadline? Do we have an update on that? Isn't it like it's next 31st. week? <laughs> yeah, it's in it's in two weeks. And is it too early to tell if we even need to make a move? There's so, there's just so much that we don't know and especially because no one's ever clear with us about the the injury bugs and how long people are gonna be out there's just so many so much uncertainty there but um, I, if anything I hope we get a picture if we, if we can pull something out of like that
0: I agree and when it comes to free agency for the sake of a name I think Mike Minor is he I think he's on the last year of his deal
1: yes old
0: definitely old. But it's kind of, it scares me because it seems like a J.A. Hab situation where we would sign him for too much money for too long and then in a year or two we're going to hate him. But if any left-handed pitcher other than Robbie Ray, I think Mike Miner might be the one.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm not... I, I wouldn't be mad. I'm not we didn't all about signing older pitchers who have one year left that just have one good year. They come back. They heavily affect our decision-making and bringing up young prospects and going off younger players because we think they're going to be good next season turn out being mm-hmm. shit. And now we're kind of, you know, with our pants down, figuring out what the hell to we'll do in August.
0: I agree. And especially when pre-agent comes around, we're going to have Sebby back. We're going to have Domingo back 20 games in the next year. So, yeah, we, know,
1: will mean, like we will see. We will see. Thanks for the DMS. Please uh, keep sending them over when we record. Every, uh, Tuesday and, and Thursday. So, uh, sorry, Tuesday and Friday. So, uh, Monday. Or Tuesday. record Monday, Monday and Thursday, release them Tuesday and Friday. I get a little confused in my weeks, but send them Monday and Thursday, send them yeah. Monday and Thursday, send a <laughs> DM, send a voicemail. We love, uh, hearing them and, uh, giving our, our unprofessional feedback. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on to, uh, the next series. This is my, this is my series. This is what yeah, I've been waiting for. Brains. I'm a big Braves fan. Obviously, Yankees come first, but Braves are my second um, favorite team, first favorite team in the NL. I'm not gonna hype up the Braves too much because we're all Yankees fans at heart over here. But I'm really excited about the series. I really am. I think that the Braves are something special. They, um, I think they're gonna win the NL East without. Uh, I mean, the Marlins were kind of a fluke. The Mets suck. Phillies suck. Nationals are in last. I think the Braves. That. The Braves got the Braves got this, and even if they do have some injuries, um, Murph got some injury updates for us on the the Braves side of things. There, are, I know Acuna and uh, a bunch of other players will come back from an injury. But who is coming back for this Yankees series? So apparently, from one article that I saw today, Acuna may
0: be ready for tomorrow or today for anybody listening. The the first game of the series. And then, if not the first game, maybe the second game. He's apparently he's been hitting. I think he's coming off the DL today or tomorrow, so um, he he could be ready yeah. to play. Which yeah.
1: and Acuna, I'm not watch
0: him play, but I'd hate to see him play. That yeah, makes any sense. yeah.
1: And Acuna is Acuna is their star player. He's the Aaron Judge of the uh, Atlanta Braves, and Ozzy Albie's is the Gleyber Torres of the Atlanta Braves, and they're both injured, and our guys are both injured except Judge is coming back, so. In a sense, we're kind of in the same situation in terms of star players. If we're talking our our main star players coming back, potentially, we have our secondary star players on the on the IL still. Um, I think Albies may or may not come back for this series. I think he got injured around the same time as Acuna they're both put on the 10-day IL. But we will see. I, I'm super excited for this series. I think both of our teams right now are a little bit of an injury bug. The, the Braves also have, I think, eight or nine players on the injured list Yankees in the same boat with 10 or 11 so both have an injury bug both in the top of, uh sorry on top of our division um lot of good things to look forward to in this in this series um first game we got Garrett Cole in the bump he's yep. had uh he's had some rest so we got we got an RA star on the mound uh the the pitcher for the Braves hasn't been released yet right
0: uh, last I saw no. Not, All right. not well,
1: sure. You guys will know before us because you'll be listening to this and you'll know who the Bears are pitching. But either way, we got Garrett Cole on the mound. He's coming back for a vengeance. He had a an outing that ended not to his liking, his last pitching appearance, because Garrett Cole uh sorry. Um Aaron Boone took him out. Aaron Boone took Garrett Cole out. A little prematurely, right his uh his last outing. I think Garrett Cole is coming out for blood.
0: I got to agree with you. He He's the kind of guy that gets pissed off when he doesn't do well. And I think he's he's a real good bounce back guy. He didn't get the loss um, in his last outing. So that streak's still alive, I think. But still, he's coming back for sure. Like for him, even though it wasn't a loss, it's, it's a loss in his book. So he's coming back as if he had a loss.
2: Yeah.
1: He's coming back. Um, and that's going to be game one. And then game two, we have, I think it's going to be, Probably the best pitching matchup of the series. We have Tanaka versus Freed. Is that correct? Yeah. Tanaka versus right. Freed. And Freed Freed's a good pitcher. He's got a 4-0 record right now. He has a 1.32 ERA. He's got 33 Ks and a .97 whip. That's a good season so far.
0: Work's set out for us. Gotta
1: be able to hit him. Tanaka... He had a strong outing after getting hit in the head by a goddamn 113 mile hour fastball. So hopefully he can come back and um, show other promising sides of being able to be the Tanaka we all love. So, um, Murph, got anything else as we kind of wrap this up? We answered a lot of DMs, quick series recap. I'm super excited for this. My, my it's a big teams. series. It's
0: gonna, it's, I think it's going to dictate a lot because I said this with the Rays series too. It's going to really dictate the season because we could have been six games up or they could have been a half game up. Turns out they're a half game up. But the Braves are a good team and it's a tough test. So I'd much rather be sitting at 18-9 and nine than 16-11. and 11,
1: So I really believe that besides the Dodgers, the Braves are probably – my favorite team, and that's not, a, it might be a biased thing, but they're probably my second favorite team to be in the World Series to hopefully play against the Yankees when the time comes. So, potentially a World Series preview. Hopefully, we'll see. Be a cool one to watch. A little 95 rerun. Yeah, I don't know, but we got great pitching matchups to, to look forward to. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. That's it for me, though. Um, thank everybody for for listening. Please uh, give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. I'd like to uh, take a look. We got a lot of reviews, and if we hit 150 reviews, I think Raleigh's going to eat a baseball, and we're all going to watch. So, thanks Very everybody good. for listening. We'll uh, catch you all later. Before you go, please listen to me read something about Bet Online. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. The MLB season is pushing into the fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online. Your online spork book experts. Let's go, Yanks. Oh Yanks. Uh.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, all right. What is it you want to do when you grow up? Hey, yo, I'm going to be a ted That's how my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying. Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Now I'ma start collecting props, connecting plots, networking like a conference. Cause the nonsense is yet to stop. Jake, shake me down, haters wanna take me down, break me down, clap. All they heard was a sound. Yo, I scoped it out. I took your weak dream and choked it out. Your bitch don't really got no ass. She just poked it out.